And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I have to tell you, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably, and also helping to create this amazing thing that we call Startup Hustle. So we are extraordinarily grateful to, to Fullscale.io. They do an awesome job. So, so today's guest, I, I am, I'm super excited because, you know, we, we always do the pre-show warm-up and I love talking to guests before we even start recording, just learning more about what makes them tick. And I have to tell you, today's guest, we have, we have been laughing, we've been laughing pretty much the whole time we've been talking. So I, I just feel like this is going to be a really, really fun conversation, but we have with us today, Sarah Hum and Sarah is founder of Canny. And she's going to tell us about that. But thank you so much for being on the show, Sarah. I'm excited. Thanks, Lauren. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, yeah just a quick intro. Yeah, I'm yeah, stoked. Yeah. I, I I'm would stoked. love to hear about you. I would love to hear about yeah. Candy. Just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about what you're yeah. doing these days. What are you up to? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm Sarah. I'm, yeah, as Lauren said, I'm founder of Canny. Um, and... My personal background is in design. Um, I'm a product person at heart. Um, and evidently, I don't know, our, our product itself is very product focused. We serve product managers. Um, Canny is a SaaS company. We help other software teams collect, manage, and understand feedback so they can prioritize you know, the most impactful projects. Um, and we're primarily B2B, so business to business. We have customers um, like Compass, CircleCI, ClickUp, stuff like that. That is awesome. And, and so I, I want to I want to call this out here really quickly. And I want to ask mm -hmm. you, so, so you say that you are a company for product managers, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, yes. You so you as experts, um, you've actually launched a, a podcast recently, haven't you? And we have. Yeah. yeah um, and tell and us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, it's called PM chats, so product manager chats. Um, and it's li literally just like this, like we want to have casual conversations with product managers. And they tell us about kind of how they do product management, kind of their struggles, their successes and stuff like that. So um, it's yeah, it's the kind of podcast we like to listen to. And we try to create, you know, something similar just in the product management space. That is awesome. Well, congratulations. That is not uh not an easy feat starting a podcast and we speak from experience yeah. we've learned a lot we've learned yeah. a lot already and it's just i guess season one for sure well just so you know listeners you can take a look at the pm chat podcast um there should be some info in the show notes for you so definitely give it a listen uh so, so i want to ask you i think one of the coolest things that you do you said you said that you help 
people track customer feedback and that you, mm-hmm. you help them understand feedback. So tell us a little bit more yes. about that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of software companies, right? Like naturally their customers will give them feedback. You know, they're trying to do something that they can't. Uh, there's certain friction to something that they're trying to do. Um, and so you'll you'll start getting feedback as a small company. You'll start getting emails or live chat or whatever you use. Um, and over time, it becomes, there's more and more volume, right? And the natural solution I think that people veer towards is a spreadsheet. And they'll kind of start putting things into a spreadsheet. Okay, this many people have asked for this. Um, this is very high priority, whatever it is. Um, Once that becomes a problem, that's when people look for solutions like Canny, where we can actually bring that feedback all into one place. You know, it's very visible across the entire company. There's a lot of transparency between the product and the customers. We're trying to bring those two groups together. Um, And I think that that is very, you know, prevalent in how Canny came to be um, because I, as a user, We'll be giving feedback to like, I don't know, consumer apps like Yelp or Uber or whatever it is. And nobody would listen to me. <laughs> and over time, well, we just realized that feedback is a hard problem. It's not that people don't care about my feedback. It's that, especially at scale, it's really hard to manage and understand and really be able to pull insights out of. Um, well, and so that's the core problem that Candy's trying to solve. Yeah. Well, so... So you, you, I think you made a really, really powerful point. And I don't know if you you know that you made that point. But <laughs> one of the things that, you know, we've kind of talked about, and I, I when I'm looking over like Kenny's information, one of the things that like jumps out at me is the fact that the, the service that you offer, you're not just like collating and correlating feedback, but what you're actually doing is you're helping organizations make better decisions. You know, if you yes. have... Yeah, if you have a customer, or I'm sorry, if you have 20 customers who are all clamoring for the same thing, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that empowers you to do something about it, right? So so talk to us a little bit about that. (laughs) Yeah, and especially like in the B2B space where people are paying money every month to buy a product that solves a problem for them, right? I If I'm going to pay for your product, I really want your product to solve the problem you told me you're going to solve. And so right. if that, if there's something that is preventing me from doing that, I will give you feedback and say, Hey, like I want to do this, or I'm trying to do, I'm trying to achieve that. Um, and so that's, yeah, like we're trying to really give them this place where there's feedback in one place and sure. I can look at it and be like, these are the main things that our important customers care about and we should consider solving. Yeah. Well, so tell me this cuz I cuz I'm really yeah. I'm fascinated by by <laughs> by this concept because I I just I think that customer feedback like that's the most powerful form of response that you're you're ever going to get. And and, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, I, I imagine that a lot of customer feedback is might potentially be negative. You were talking about friction points earlier. Oh, for sure. The fact is like if things are going great, not a lot of people raise their hand and say, "Hey, great job. Well done." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but so so talk to us a little bit about the 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 insights that you, customers have gained. Like what are what mm-hmm. are some things that people are are discovering about their customers. Like, you know, we've already kind of talked about customer wants a feature or something like that. Mm-hmm. But what, what other kinds yeah. of insights do you glean? 
Yeah, I think that's definitely the main one is feature requests, right? Is over time you're 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 using Zendesk and your support team is getting you know clobbered by all this uh, feedback. How do you actually you know quantify and look at it in a way where you can say these are the things that we should be prioritizing? Um, yeah. So that is 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 a really common use case is feature requests. Um, over time, you know, there's there's use cases even within a company. Let's say your company has 2,000 people. Um, those people are going to give you feedback too. Um, and yeah. that might be on internal tools. That might be on even like, where should we go for our team retreat? You know, um, it could be anything. And the canny mechanism, how, how we um, help you put that feedback together allows that flexibility but in the in the main use case yeah that's feature requests and making sure that um everyone who's requesting the same thing kind of gets bucketed together um but that also doesn't mean that if i request a certain feature if i request um a a dashboard or whatever um Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that's what we should build i think that's one of the important things to mention here is like customers often will say oh i want this feature um between all these feature requests is that there's an underlying problem and that's kind of what the pm's job is to look at and say okay they requested this but the problem is actually that and there are xyz other options in terms of what we could build to solve that problem um so i mean our job is to just bring those problems to the surface right and make sure that your team is aware of these things and gives you a way to you know solicit more feedback if you want it um Talk to these people one-on-one if you want to do that, um, whatever it is. Just make feedback more manageable and not kind of this thing that nobody wants to touch because there's just so much of it. Yeah, that's really interesting. So so I have a question. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of the seven why rule? Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I I think I might know what you're talking about. Like the why? Well, so I'll go ahead yeah. and break it down for, for our listeners yeah. at home. So, so the point is when, you, when you're looking at a problem, a problem that has been mm-hmm. presented to you. You're supposed to ask seven whys to get to the mm-hmm. actual root of the problem because often the problem yeah. that you think you're having is not the problem that you're actually having. So as a, for instance, mm. you know, okay, the problem is we need a wet floor sign. Well, why? Because there's a puddle on the floor. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because right, there's right, right. a hole in the roof. So really <laughs> the problem that you need to actually correct is the hole in the roof. It's not actually exactly the, right. the leak yeah. on the floor. And so, right. so you're, you're kind of providing that sort of mechanism. Like you see the mm-hmm. problem, that's the start of the pipeline. But then when you're working with like BAs and you're working with, you know, customer advocates or you're, whoever, whoever your internal teams are, what you're actually mm-hmm. doing is you're helping to identify the problem so you can solve the greater problem, the precipitating problem. Yes. Yes, I love that. that is a perfect, yeah, that is perfect. Um, and yeah, it's still like, we're not going to replace product managers. That's not what, I don't yeah. think we can do that. It's like, what can we, what data can we present to them for them to be able to realize that there's a hole in the roof, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to do here. <laughs> that, is, that is, that is awesome. I love that so much. Um, so Thanks. Have, well, I have a very tactical question and then I have a, yeah slightly less tactical question. So, so what are your sources of feedback? Like you mentioned, you know, Yelp, so mm-hmm. like customer reviews, survey, like where are you pulling the data from? Yeah. So what Candy provides is kind of this feedback portal where the idea is that you put 
a link to feedback in your site. So imagine, you know, you, you're building uh, Salesforce, right? And in Salesforce, there's a link to feedback, right? I'm mm -hmm. using Salesforce. I'm a user. I experienced this weird thing with Salesforce. Where do I go? Um, ideally, it's in like a help menu or, you know, some kind of obvious place. And then when I click on feedback, that opens basically the canny portal. And that's where I can get feedback directly. So that's one of the main channels. And then the other one is, this one's super important, is where is feedback coming in already, right? And that's places like live chat, um, places like, yeah, just support help centers, stuff like that. And so yeah. we make sure we integrate, you know, with Zendesk, with Intercom, with these kind of top tools that people are using to interface with their customers already. And that then empowers support people, customer success people, whoever's interfacing with the customer directly, salespeople, um, to translate basically that feedback into Canny. And so at the end of the day, product managers have all that feedback, whether it came from the portal or the integration, some kind of integration side, um, it's all in Canny. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah, that sounds super powerful. So, so what has the feedback <laughs> been from your, your stakeholders thus far? Like you have your product managers, you have your, your customer advocates, the organizations that you mm -hmm. work for, internal teams, like mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about some of the feedback that you've gotten on the canny, you know, system and software. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like product managers and, and support people definitely, like they're already feeling the problem. And so once they have a solution, it's really cool. But what I think is the most magical is when their customers really like Canny. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a great experience using Canny through this other tool that they're using. Like, wow, the way you collect feedback is amazing. And that's powered by us. Um, and so that is really rewarding to me is when, users feel like the canny magic, even though we're not talking to them at all. They're just using yeah. canny as, as a tool. Um, so that kind of feedback is, has been really, um, it's been really nice to hear. <laughs> does, it, does it help keep you going? I feel like, yeah, I mean like just seeing, <laughs> seeing their like tweets at these, at our customers or their replies on their feedback. It's just like, we, we enabled that, you know, it feels really good. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. And I, I love that you speak about it in terms of empowerment. Like you are empowering companies mm -hmm. to make better decisions. You are empowering customers to to share their feedback in, yeah. in, in, in a meaningful way. Because I don't think there's yeah. anybody out there who has not you know, made a complaint to some company and you just know that you are screaming into the void. Nobody's going to do anything about it. There is a person who's just listening to you to get you off the phone, you know, get your ticket, you know, close your ticket. Exactly. They, they just want to, they just wanted off of their death. But what you're doing yeah. is you're, you have created a system by which that feedback becomes more meaningful because it's being actively. Yeah. It's a loop. Yes, exactly. I love, mm -hmm. I love that. That is, <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. So can I, can I ask you where the inspiration for Canny came from? Yeah. I mean, that's literally it. It's like we were giving feedback and, and it was like, oh, pass it on to the team. That means it's right. not going anywhere. <laughs> um, and that just felt bad. And, and yeah, we realized after talking to more companies, it's like, you know, we appreciate the feedback, but it's just, there's so much of it. You're not the only person giving us feedback, obviously. Um, and yeah. so Kenny aims to make that m manageable. Um, and that is at the end of the day, the users hear back from the product team because we enable feedback at scale. Um, and so it just, 
it's just peace of mind for everyone in the loop. I think like as a user, you see your feedback is tracked. It's somewhere, yeah. at least it's logged and it's not passed on to the team, <laughs> whatever like, that means. Whatever that means. Um, and so, like, yeah, yeah. Lost in the ether, like that feedback, right. that ain't going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's the nice thing is I think that's like all end users expectation. And so when we can go above and beyond and give them candy and, and have them experience candy, that, that just kind of blows their mind, which is really cool. Yeah. That is super cool. So, so let me ask you this. We're all about mm-hmm. strong teams around startup hustle. So how does your, your team respond mm-hmm. to, to canny? I'm just, I'm just very, very curious. I'm sure, you know, being a startup, you, you have to have some pretty passionate people, but how do they, what kind of feedback do you get? I'm going to get into meta yeah. here for a second. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what kind of feedback do you get on the feedback tool from the people taking the feedback? Yeah. <laughs> the, the nice thing is that every, pretty much everyone on the team has experienced this before. You yeah. know, we're all software users. We've we've worked on other product teams. They all know the problem. Um, and so that's really nice because whenever people apply, they're like, yeah, I've experienced this. Like, I know how this feels. And yeah. so everyone on our team is, is the same thing. And when we build new features, it's really nice because a lot of the time we're just building things for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and we're able to say, okay, this would be really helpful for our team. So it must be, <laughs> it must be helpful for other teams. Um, yeah. and so that would be totally different, right? If I was building accounting software or something, um, like we can really empathize with our end user and, and dog food, our own stuff, which is yeah. super fulfilling. Um, but everyone across the team has experienced feedback in some aspect. Um, so yeah, everyone totally resonates with it and understands like the core problem that we're solving, which is super important for marketing, for sales, for, for everything. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, it's great all around. Well, and honestly, like I sometimes I, I feel like some of the best products out there are those that answer an ill that the founders and the the yes. original teams like that when you're solving a problem for yourself, you're gonna come up with a really strong solution. Um so so right. I love that your team is able to translate because because your team, you're you're experts in product management. You know, you got mm-hmm. the podcast, you got you have the the years <laughs> of experience behind you. Your yeah. management. So who better to create this tool? I can't think of anybody. Thank you. And, and <laughs> we're talking about people who are ready and set up to help you create awesome tools. I would be remiss if I didn't mention fullscale.io, by the way. They are there to help you join your team, be a part of your team and help you uh help you build software quickly and affordably, help you build out your software development teams. They're, they're going to be there with you every step of the way to, to help you do what you do better, which is what Canny does. Canny helps <laughs> you do better. Um, I feel like Perfect. if you wanted to put that on the business card, that would be yep. okay with me. I only expect <laughs> a little bit in royalties. Just saying. Noted. <laughs> okay. You, you get back to me. So, so, so let's, let's hop right into it. Uh, so one of the things that I want to ask you, and this, this is actually, mm-hmm. I, I'm taking a little bit of a different tack because I feel like it. Um, yep. Unfortunately, you're at my whim right now. So there. <laughs> uh, so, so my question is, how did you get involved in product management as a field? Yeah, I mean, I'm a product designer, right? And so yeah. I've worked with product managers a bunch. I've, I know what a good product manager is able to do. And I know that bad product managers actually just get more in the way 
of things. Um, And so while I don't personally, I have never had a product management title, like I've I've worked with them um, and I know what that means. And I guess I'm technically our product manager at Canny now. Um, we only have 10 people um, and sure. half our team are, are engineers and other product people. Um, so I'm kind of sitting in that position right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot just, just from doing that. Yeah. So, so do you get to kind of act as translator between your engineering teams, like technical teams and your, your more customer facing teams? Totally. And I don't know, I've like being able to pull from my design experience too, is really helpful because I've, I've done, you know, user interviews before I've, I've um, been able to translate, you know, feature requests into features. Um, And that's kind of what I do all the time now. And we've been running candy for, you know, about four years. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's super fun and it's super rewarding to ship things that our customers were really pining for. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I am a product manager now. (laughs) Congratulations. Like you you didn't need to You need to add it to the resume. Um, Exactly. Well, so so you just said, you just said something, something really interesting um, to me, and I'm going to, I'm going to follow it a little bit. So you, you talked about, you've done customer interviews before, and I think for Mm -hmm. our listeners at home, you know, right now we're we're talking about understanding customer feedback, which I think is the Mm -hmm. core. Uh, and it, it, a lot, there are a lot of startups out there and there are a lot of founders and entrepreneurs who, yeah either struggle to collect that data or they struggle to synthesize it and do something Mm -hmm. with it because it's overwhelming. Like there, there's just, there's a lot. So when you're, the question I'm going to ask you when you're conducting customer interviews and you're trying to get at like the crux of the issue uh, Mm -hmm. on functionality, it could be design function, you know, whatever it is, what are some powerful questions you can ask customers to get? Yeah really good responses, like help them direct thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I think just like the the seven W's or seven Y's that you just mentioned, like, I think it's important to have just really open-ended questions and not leading questions, right? It's just like, just keep asking why. And a lot of times they'll just have to kind of keep digging and really kind of get to their own point themselves. Um, And so, yeah, it's just about leaving the the problem, I think, open-ended and really understanding the thing they're trying to achieve. Um, And then from there, it's like, is that what we're trying to help people do Um, when it comes to our offering? Like, we're not going to build everything that people ask for. That's just not how building a good company works, I think. It's really like understanding what are, 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 is this person even, you know, a key customer of ours? Is this a use case that we want to, that we want to support? Um, And I guess that comes into more into thinking about product vision and stuff like that. But as a, yeah, as a researcher, I think it's, um, yeah, just keeping the question open-ended and getting them to speak out loud. And, and yeah. if you're looking at specific user flows and like, what are they trying to achieve? What's kind of going through their mind? Um, and then just clarifying, continue clarifying until you get, okay, that is the problem. We know what it yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. No, I love that. And I, and I love that you, you even mentioned, you know, being selective, small organizations, mm-hmm. Particular, you know, you can't you can't do everything that people want to throw at you. And you know, you might have one or two people over here who think this is a great idea, and then you have twenty over here mm-hmm. who think something else is yeah. a great idea. And like, how do you yeah. serve 
the highest number of your customers, your clients, right? But another, yeah, another thing I want to add there is like 20 people could be free users and two people could be enterprise customers, right? Yeah. And so that is also interesting because you don't want to just follow how many people have asked for a certain thing. You want to make sure yeah. that you know who these people are. Um, and that's the important thing about Canny is when you give feedback in Canny, you can't do that without an identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every, like every piece of feedback we get in Canny is we know the person and we know the company they work at and we know how much they're paying us. And we know any other information that we want to send into Canny. Like, you know, they've been a customer for this long. They've collected this much feedback. Um, and those are important things, right? Is you can have a really popular post, but it could be people that don't matter <laughs> or people I mean, that uh, I, I aren't really saying, serious. Like, matters, but the people who maybe aren't your core demo, yeah. maybe the people who yeah, exactly. are, there's another products that will work better for them. You kind of need mm-hmm. to focus. On, so, so if, if, you know, Canny's target is large enterprise, size organizations like yeah we give more weight to people who represent those entities rather than the folks who you know they own the the small shops with revenue Mm -hmm. under x amount right 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 yeah yeah the point is like you can't really just blindly follow the numbers right the the number of votes on something um it's really important to dig into the data and still like do your pm job you know like um really dissect it and understand who the people are behind the ideas. Yeah. Well, so, so, I mean, I love that you talk about, about being selective, but really what that piece comes back to is really understanding your target customer, you know, mm-hmm. doing those, those user personas and then yeah. figuring out like who your core market is and then figuring out ways to better serve them by using mm-hmm. the feedback that you receive. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that's kind of yeah. like yeah. the workflow here. We know who yeah. our customer is, we listen to their feedback, and we create products for them to solve exactly. their pain points. Yeah. yeah. You can't solve everything for everyone on the planet, right? Like, you need, yeah. a, you need a focus. You need to identify what's most high impact and, and go there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is actually some of the more powerful advice I've ever heard on, on Startup Hot because I'm like, yeah. That is so yeah. nice. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think about this stuff every day. <laughs> I love all of that. Okay. Um, well, so, so let, me, let me ask you this. Um, what do you see in Canny's future? You know, yeah. five years, yeah. ten years, a couple years down the yeah. road. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to think five and 10. It's pretty much impossible. I mean, we're a bootstrap company. Like we uh, really take things day by day. We have no idea what the market is going to look like in five or 10 years. So we really yeah. plan like quarterly and kind of take a look at that. But in general, like I think just serving more PM problems, I think is is where we're going. Like we started pretty much on the feedback side, right? Like we were very focused on the feedback side, but now it's yeah. like, what do you do after you have this feedback I mean, a lot of that looks like prioritization, right? It's like, you have all this feedback, now what should we actually work on? Um, And so we're building a lot more tools to help product managers really say, our team should prioritize this because of that. Um, And yeah, it's just just a, it's a flow, right? It's a story. Uh, Feedback comes in, it it gets prioritized, it goes out and it gets announced um, and it just kind of keeps spinning. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, so, and so you mentioned, I'm going to hone in on something I think you just kind of like flippantly mentioned, but I, I want to 
I'm gonna, I want to follow it. Uh, yeah. So, so you, you mentioned bootstrapping. And I want to yeah. talk to you about that a little bit, because yeah. I think one of the, so, so for our listeners at home, you know, when I'm looking over the information on the company, when we're about to do these podcasts, sometimes I get to see uh, guest suggested key messages. And I'm actually going to take this moment and I'm going to share uh, the guest suggested key message for this episode. And it, it is, you ready for this folks? It is bootstrapping is great because we get to be our own <laughs> bosses read flexibility freedom and so i'm yes. gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make you talk about that like, tell us do more. it tell us more about yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's becoming more and more of a thing right indie hackers stuff like that and i love just seeing people like take their lives into their own hands i don't know i worked at facebook i was from the valley like peak silicon valley VC, all of that stuff. Um, and when I quit my, my job, I was like, I want to go travel the world. Um, how can I do that while building a company? Do we need to raise money? Like we were product people. We were very capable of building out the product ourselves. We, all we needed was a laptop. We could do that from anywhere in the world. As long okay. as we can have a Wi-Fi connection, we're good. Um, no investors kind of looking over our shoulder, asking us for our metrics. Um, it's just, I would not do it any other way. I just, I think one of the big things is when you bootstrap, you need to make money eventually. And if you're making yeah. money, that means you're solving a problem, right? So it validates you as well. Um, and over time, like I've been able to figure out my own life, our team is fully remote and everyone else jives with that kind of um spirit um and yeah we're just our own bosses and we can do whatever we want and we get flexibility freedom my commute is 10 seconds down the hall i guess covid just is is the same makes that the same for everyone but we were remote before covid and yeah it's just i love it So, so that, I mean, that's amazing. And I, I, I'm sure that we have some listeners at home who like, when you said you don't have investors looking over your shoulder, like that totally resonated. Like, oh my yeah. God, that's amazing. <laughs> like, I, I don't I think I've built a pitch deck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Fair. Uh, so, but I will, so, so I'm going to ask you this because I, I do feel yeah. like one of the reasons that it's it's not a bad thing to have investors looking over your shoulder oh, for sure. because they hold you yeah. accountable and because mm-hmm. sometimes you have investors who can offer some really really strong insight into an industry or a sector or they can you know mm-hmm. they investors they have to know what they're talking about they've seen things a time or two um so so talk to us about that kind of support like where did you find yeah. that in your bootstrapping journey I mean again luckily like we've come from this field you know we're building a tool that we felt a lot of personal attachment to and so we were able to draw a lot from our personal experiences and stuff like that um I mean we can reach out to like people are friendly just reach out to them and a lot of them are willing to help um yeah we should have used that more now that I'm looking back on it. And I'm really fortunate that the first company I've founded has made it as far as it has. Um, but yeah, if you're in like, if you're starting a new business right now, like I would definitely reach out to your network. If you don't want investors, there's a lot of really smart people um, that are just willing to help, like shoot them a message and you'll be surprised like who is willing to have a chat. Um, and you don't need to give away a piece to your company. <laughs> yeah. 
I will say, and this is something that I've talked about on my episodes multiple times. Like we talk about mm-hmm. mentorship a lot because I'm yeah. just a huge proponent of mentorship. And I'm like, the, the fact is like, I, you know, when I have people reach out to me and they want to like pick your brain over coffee, I just did air mm-hmm. quotes around pick your brain just so y'all at home know, uh, but they want to pick your brain over coffee. Like the fact yeah. is I have never, not once have I gotten upset at somebody asking that of me. Like I have exactly. never been offended. I have ne- now there have been times when I have been forced to say no, you know, but you know, for whatever reason, like, Hey, you know, I appreciate it. The, the outreach, but I, I just have to keep be really super heads down right now. Um, you know, maybe in yeah. a few weeks, a few months or what have you, but I, I do think, um, you know, for those playing at home, I I've said it before and I'll say it again, just ask, just ask, like, what do you have to lose? Work? What, what's this what's the say like you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take right exactly. yeah exactly so, well, so, yeah. so cool um you know how does i i do you said something else inter you keep saying interesting things <laughs> uh, oh cool you know, yeah you, you said something else interesting that i like this is your first company yeah you have, you have <laughs> 10 employees you are you know you've been you've been a successful you've you're like starting new things talk to us about that how does it feel to to be a first-time founder experiencing success yeah like day one you know we you hear that stuff all the time is like most first-time founders don't succeed and that's okay you know you'll get them second time third time whatever it is um so we kind of went in with that attitude like okay we're gonna try this but if it fails no big deal um we can build the product. We don't have to invest a ton of capital into building the thing. And so let's just do it. We've made money that we can live on for a good amount of time. Um, so it, yeah, we kind of had really low expectations. I think that's kind of a big learning lesson here is like always keep your expectations low <laughs> and you'll always be kind of impressed. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I'm very, very grateful. And like the team, I think when you, when you talk about accountability from investors, like we did that for ourselves, you know, day one before we had anybody else, but now our team does that for us and we keep each other accountable. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's surreal really. Um, just looking at our growth, it's, I'm, I'm a pessimist. I feel like at heart, (laughs) I just like, I'm always skeptical that we'll hit our goal or stuff like that. And we just always do. And I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, it's it's a great feeling. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I mean, are you, are you so you're over here? You're you're like founder, and you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, okay, we're right. start getting bad, and then you just keep going. <laughs> yeah, strength. like that must be a total. That must be so weird, but like in such a beautiful sort of way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I and I love what you said about your your team holding you accountable. Um, yes. Would you say that you're close with your team? It sounds like you are. Oh my gosh. Unbelievably so. Even though we're remote, right? And before the pandemic, like we tried to bring everyone together in a remote city uh, three to four times a year. Yeah. And it's just because we invest, like we find so much value in knowing each other and just hanging out and having a drink, whatever it is. Um, And that just really enables us to work really well together. Um, And we know each other very personally. So yeah, I've very intentionally kept our team really small um yeah. we do a lot with the little that we have and i think that's how we want to keep it that is that that's cool <laughs> i i love small teams myself because there there's definitely yeah. a family 
vibe yeah. when, you're, when you're going when you're in the trenches with a small smaller yes people, like and you're surviving the same stuff and you're dealing with the same shit and you're going through it all together and and you and you know you're you're achieving things you're doing good work 100 yes like so so there's the bad stuff and then there's the really good stuff and when you do that with like a small group of people you cannot help but fall in love with them yeah. a little bit you know that, yeah. that iconic kind of you are my people I understand you yes. I know your experience um I love that exactly. that is that is awesome well so so talk to us you, you know we kind of talked about the the long-term plans for mm-hmm. um you know we, well so we yeah we talked about the long-term plans for canny sorry I had a brain fart mm-hmm. uh <laughs> But we we talked about that. What about long-term plans for you? You mentioned that you like to travel. Oh, I'm so sad that we haven't been able to for the last year plus. Um, But yeah, we did two years of travel. We did, I think, 26 cities or something in two years. And that was amazing for me. But at the same time, like for my co-founder, it's a little different. And we're also a couple, which is another topic oh, um man. but we yeah work and life are <laughs> I know work and life are very meshed together over here um but for him he's he's just like he really values you know routine and stability and so I'm not sure we're gonna do the same thing you know or as intense where we literally live out of, out of a suitcase um but I would still love to just you know take the team on retreats and and really just hang out um, especially after the year and whatever a year and a half now that we've had um yeah. but yeah for the foreseeable future our home base is now toronto um i got a dog <laughs> because oh, we're now we're like not traveling so i'm like we need to get a dog thank you yeah she's the best um and yeah i we value work work-life balance a lot it's kind of cliche now but like we do um i do a lot of things outside of work and work enables me to have that space and and time to do other fun things so yeah for me it's just keep doing what i'm doing have fun on the side <laughs> nice i you know what i feel like that that is a pretty fantastic goal like just keep doing what i'm doing have fun on the side like that yeah that's i mean my business card <laughs> <laughs> perfect yeah. Well, so, so you, you said a couple of things. I had a, a human question in my mind. Yeah. It was there, but then you said something else that was interesting to me. So now I have to think about which question I want to ask. Because I was going <laughs> to ask, like, all right, if you could travel anywhere today, where would it be? But I think I want to talk about your dog. <laughs> yeah. What's your dog's name? <laughs> Her name's Emmy. Emmy. Where did that name yeah. come from? Oh my God. We just, we just <laughs> thought about it for so long or I thought about it for so long. I was like obsessing over it. She's from Korea. And so mm-hmm. I was thinking it had to be like a Korean kind of name, but it, nothing just fa- sounded right. Like Kim, like, I don't want to name my dog kimchi, you know, I just, anyway, it just kind of popped into my head. Old, but okay. <laughs> it is, it is, but it's also like, really? <laughs> and so I didn't do that. Um, and it just, I don't know. I was just sitting at my desk and it just popped into my brain and it just, felt right and that was honestly funny thing like similar to can how we came with candy too we were we were thinking about names all over the place and when yeah. we were candy it was just like that just sounds right <laughs> and we just went I with like it. that yeah. well and candy candy has another uh meaning because like i i believe yeah. one of the meanings is like having it so you have uncanny but then you have candy yeah. um and it's about I, which I don't aren't know. opposites yeah they're not 
I don't believe they're opposites. Yeah, yeah. but it's, I mean, it's about knowledge and it's about like, so yes. when something Making is decisions. Like esoteric, not there you go. Look at it all Boom. back around. It fits. It fits Amazing. so well. Amazing. <laughs> I love that so much. And I, I'm very happy for your dog, Emmy. Although I Thank feel you. like in my head, Emmy now has the middle name of kimchi. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but, but that's oh, okay. okay. You only use the middle name when you're mad. So, because like, like I have a dog, it's Wakia Bear Conaway when I'm pissed at her. It's Kia. Oh my Mokia. God. <laughs> the last name. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I got to tell you, I thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today sarah like it's been it's been fun chatting with you i i love your grasp of of customer feedback and data and and all like thank you just thank you that's all thank you thank you you. honestly i i just love casual chats anyway it doesn't feel like i'm on a podcast you know and so i i enjoy myself thank you lauren good good i am i'm so glad to hear that uh also glad about today's episode sponsor, and that would be today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And they do a lot of really amazing community work, including leading Startup Hustle. So we we love Fullscale.io. You know, another thing that we love, we love when our listeners come back week after week and listen to the Startup Hustle podcast. We are very grateful for you, and we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.